You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Over 7 million different animals inhabit our planet. In India, I met farmers whose crops have been literally washed away by historic flooding. In America, I have witnessed unprecedented droughts in California. In Greenland and in the Arctic, I was astonished to see that ancient glaciers are rapidly disappearing well ahead of scientific predictions. All that I have seen and learned on my journey has absolutely terrified me. So the question now is whether we will have the courage to act before it's too late. And how we answer will have a profound impact on the world that we leave behind, not just to you, but to your children and to your grandchildren. As a president, as a father, and as an American, I'm here to say we need to act. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. All right, welcome to the All Creatures Podcast. This is Chris. And I'm Angie. I'm back. You're back. (laughs) I mean, I love Jesse. Jesse's awesome. I'm actually going to see Jesse tonight. We're going to go see a movie. But, you know, it's good to have my old partner back. Uh, uh, you know. <laughs> well, I must admit, I, I, I felt a little pressure, a little uh, co- healthy competition. He is a funny, <laughs> awesome guy and very, yeah, very is. knowledgeable, very passionate. Yes. So, uh, but a little, a little healthy competition noise, uh, Keeps me. <laughs> yeah, but he's the, yeah. Keeps the fire lit. <laughs> he, he's yeah. He's a handsome looking dude. You know, he's got a nice beard going. But you know, at least you don't have your beard today. So no, know, no beard, yeah. no beard today. Uh, but but I do have lots of fun stuff to talk about in animal conservation. Yeah. So yes, yes, yes. We'll some just, of it we'll I just... was di- some of it I was like, don't let Jesse cover this because it's my baby. I wanna <laughs> I wanna spread the news. Because I'm super excited about it, so yeah. I, you you yeah. boys were on good behavior, and you listened yeah. to my request. So, yes, you'll stay tuned and hear me talk yeah. about some he exciting can, he, news. He can come back. He can come back. He's great. Oh He's yes, great. yes. I have lots of travels planned, so I have to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I've got to be nice to him. He, he, I'll definitely, he'll definitely have to cover cover my bum some later later on this summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Just to jump into it, I really wanted, you know, that's why it's like, it was great having Jesse and getting a different opinion. But of course, you and I talk this every week. So it's, I love to get your take on things. Sure. And I just wanted to follow up last week with Mammoth. And even my friend Jonathan and I are going back on Facebook. You know, he was talking about how mammoths could benefit other species and, and I could see it, but it's just, Overall, there's no way. There's no way they're ever going to take a cloned mammoth and reproduce thousands of them, much less in our lifetime, well, but what, in a few what, lifetimes. Where are they going to put them, Chris? Like the yeah, the elephants don't even have a safe place right now. Right, I mean, some of them do, but they're they're fighting for their safety where they live in uh, Africa and Asia. So yeah, where I mean, where I well, mean, the, the, 
Okay, so these Harvard researchers are working with a sort of Jurassic Park in Asia. Okay. In Russia. So there is a park that's set aside to protect, like, Przewalski horses and some of the other species that are there. Mm-hmm. Now, they're proposing to, to whatever they do end up cloning this mammoth, which I think they will, this yeah, hybrid. So. It's, mm-hmm. it's not even going to be a mammoth. It's going to be some elephant with long hair, I think. But they're supposedly going to start putting them in the, in this so-called park. But here's the thing. When you start cloning, you know, you're starting with a, a, a number of, uh, N of one, you know, in science, we talk about one, one animal, one genetic line. So there's no genetic diversity. There is so many problems with that as far as trying to establish yeah, a herd. It's like, it's like inbreeding on steroids. So if you yeah. think about medical issues, uh, diseases, right? Yeah, deformities. So all, yeah. So there's good. all these things to take in consideration. It's it's a grand idea. So it's like, I, again, I could write a whole book on this, and I really, I, I work. I know I'm going to work on my blog post because I really. These are all the things that you have to think about. It's not just, hey, let's just make a bunch of them and stick them out there in a protected reserve. It is, you know, plus 22 months gestation. I mean, two years. Sure. Just to, and, and cloning, you know, has like a 99% failure rate once you do have a, a confirmed pregnancy. So it's not like it's, you know, this, this technique that, that works really well. Anyways, the reason I bring that up is because there was another article this week. Mm-hmm. Scientists in Australia, are closer than ever to bringing extinct Tasmanian tiger back from the dead. So, this was yes. the talk that Jesse and I got in last week, Angie. De-extinction, mm-hmm. okay. Did you this, just make up that word? No, 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 oh, it's okay. going around. It is, oh, okay. it is going okay. around. Actually, Jesse and I linked articles back and forth this week because it's de-extinction as far as taking these species that are extinct and bringing them back. Sure, okay. sure, yeah. I, I guess, I mean, I, of course I... I'm fully aware of the mammoth and that project being taken under, but yeah, the, the Tasmanian tiger surprised me. I guess I didn't realize that there was that much commitment. I, uh, and, or I suppose that much funding. Uh, I think right, right. that's, I think that's what I, well, one of the things I struggle with is, is the money that is going towards this, that could be going right. towards other things and right. not just necessarily like, conservation per se of a specific animal, but conservation of land or education of people around Mm -hmm. parks. There's just uh, conservation receives such little funding in general. And I think you Mm -hmm. you should throw up on the show notes sometimes, some of those statistics that we have of like, out of all the funding that's given away in grants, uh, either federally, locally state or by private industry, a very, very teensy, weensy, weensy small fraction mm-hmm. of it goes to conservation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if these guys are pulling money from that pool or maybe it's privately funded. I, I guess I'm not completely educated. I would imagine. That. Yeah, I would imagine some of it is or a lot of it is probably privately funded. Okay. So part of what I brought up last week and what I truly believe after being in science for so many years and trying to, you know, we, we stick our hat out, like, please fund us because we have no funding to, to no pay funding. for grad yeah. students or pay for animals or just pipette for the lab. We have to pay for. That's not provided by the university. So I think what this Harvard group is doing 
is saying, oh, we're going to help climate change. Oh, we're going to help Asian elephants. So they get some of that private money that's out okay. there. Yeah. And, and so that way he's funding his project. So that's what makes me angry. Like last week I was like, because what they propose is bunk. Is bunk. Right. It won't happen. It won't happen. Well, and not only that, I guess even putting this out there, like you said, it most likely won't happen. But even putting it out there, I just don't want the, to send the wrong message of like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, who cares if the northern white rhino goes extinct because mm-hmm. we can de-extinct it or whatever that word is that right. we use. Yep. It, yeah. sends, it sends a very inappropriate message of the cap- the capacity to do that or, or people might think mm-hmm. they're like, oh, well, who who cares? Like whenever there's – you know. Whenever there's time, we can bring them back again. And, right, and that is right. the wrong, wrong, wrong answer. Yep. Answer. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I, that's the other thing when I was mulling over it, uh, when I was t- walking the dog, just really thinking about mm. all the different angles. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just think that it, people that aren't super into it, like me and you and like reading every article or really you know, trying to understand this stuff that just hear stuff in passing, they're like, oh, well, scientists can just bring them back. Right. And, and it's I, not that easy. It hasn't, first of all, yeah, it hasn't been done. Well, we did. So we, for for 15 minutes, right? Remember the uh, Peruvian Ibex, right? We did de-extinct something, Angie, but it only lived for 15 minutes. It took a few breaths and died. So there you go. So again, yeah. yeah, So then, yeah, and that, it had only been extinct for five years. Right. So it wasn't like it'd been extinct for 100 or 10,000 years, you know, like a mammoth. So, yeah, so the Tasmanian, it's interesting, Tasmanian tiger, just their history that they, they think about, what was it, 2000 years ago, they, they pretty much went extinct in mainland Australia or nearly extinct mm-hmm. because of the Aborigines. Right. But they were, there was a healthy population on the island of Tasmania, which is just off South Australia. And then in the 1930s, they, they finally went extinct completely. So there are videos, and I'll put some of those links in the show notes, of an actual Tasmanian tiger alive. So, you know, looking at, I would be more apt to support something like that that went extinct 100 years ago than something that went extinct sure, you know, thousands sure. of years ago. Yeah. And then, so. and then my only, like, really trying to see the whole big picture and uh, not totally let my biases yeah. influence my, you know, influences yeah, yeah. conversation well, completely. Yeah, you can have an opinion. Uh, but I was, I was thinking from the animal's point of view is that if, especially with the Tasmanian tiger, perhaps slightly different than the mammoth, is they went extinct due, due to human activity, human hunting. Exactly. So exactly. there's a small part of me that's like, oh, maybe from a moral standpoint, we perhaps if we have the technology and funding or private funding, maybe we owe that to them. Yeah. And, and, and I agree with you, Nick Mooney, who is a, a well-known Australian wildlife biologist in the article. And I looked up some of the things that he said, and, and he, he basically said the proposed cloning is clowning. He calls it clowning. He's yes. like, it's just, it's not, he says that some of the biotech we're developing can be beneficial. Sure. But so that's the science aspect. Yeah. I discover, do, do it. But don't come out and say, oh, we're going to save the, the planet by cloning mammoths. Like, just <laughs> yeah. stop lying. Stop lying. Stop yes. lying. And it really does a disservice to science. It does. So. It, and that's the thing is science is obviously under attack in many realms. And so, yeah, anything that heightens that or over-sensationalizes things is not a friend of ours at this point in time. No. 
No, no, no. Anyways, we could talk about it all day. But there you go. And we'll keep looking. You know, I'll I'll keep my uh, eyes to the cloning field because it hasn't really moved much in the last you know, 10 years. It's it's been pretty stagnant as far as discovery and what they've done. So, which is it's just fine. I mean, it's it can be beneficial, but it's not the uh the silver bullet for sure. Yeah. Well, and before I get to what I'm dying to share with our listeners today and yeah. uh of course just chew the fat on with you, uh, about exciting news for rhino conservation. Mm-hmm. I am going to save that. And in the meantime, okay, just talk a little bit about another wonderful feel-good s- story about huh. the Golden Lion Tamarin, which yeah. I hold near and dear to my heart, a, a small, uh, beautiful primate from Very. Bra- the Brazil, South, South America region. Uh, and it's how I started my whole zoological career. I, I did an internship studying their behavior and collecting their fecal droppings for <laughs> for hormone analysis. Angie loves poop. I love poop. Angie loves poop. It goes, That's where it, it goes way back to the 90s, my friends. Uh, <laughs> or actually circa early 2000s. But yeah, yeah, so no, no. that So the Golden Lion Tamarin, anything about them, I'm always, always reading about. And, and for the Golden Lion Tamarin in Brazil, it took about a decade of hard work. But one of the most important wildlife corridors is emerging from some of the fragmented forests along co- the coast of Brazil. So we all know the Amazon obviously is being de- uh, deforested at a, a bad rate. rate. Yeah, rate. high rate. Yeah. Uh, I don't have the numbers right in front of me. But the gold lion tamarin was nearly extinct 30 years ago. But researchers, the federal government, international groups got together and worked in uh, zoological institutes. That's, I was in Zoo Atlanta studying them, working with them, got together and have really, really helped to increase the numbers for gold lion tamarins. And so this project is an initiative of the Golden Lion Tamarin Association out of Brazil and then the U.S. nonprofit group called Saving Species. So we got to get a hold of those guys. Oh, yeah. um, and then also um, a grant from a Dutch foundation called DOB Ecology. So very international there, right? Different multidisciplinary groups mm-hmm. working together. Mm-hmm. And they basically understand that, you know, the gold line tamarins, beautiful red mane. It's an iconic species and oh, people have loved, gorgeous. you know, it's, it's not people have loved, you know, working towards saving it from extinction. But with all these fragmented forests, it's the numbers it's hard to mix genetics because there's a small group over here, a small group over there. And of course the infrastructure of Brazil is booming. So what do you do? Well, you put in um, a wildlife corridor and what that is, there's all different kinds, but uh, the plans for this one, I believe go over a major highway and these nonprofits have been working together for about 10 years to acquire the land and to restore 50 miles of forest between the two federal reserves. They've planted tons of species of trees. So just really a lot of hard work um, from these different groups to connect some isolated populations that will hopefully mm-hmm. start to intermingle pretty soon. And right, right. the other thing too is the gold lion tamarind is of course iconic and a flagship species, but by connecting you know, these different areas, these different forests, you're also going to help out tons of birds and reptiles and other mammals as well. So it's just, you know, it's just really cool news. 
Yeah, no, that's good. That's good news because it, you know, it makes me think too when you're talking about that. You know, there's so many different threads to conservation sure. and working, you know, working with uh, different organizations, NGOs, different wor- you know, nations around the world. So when you think about human progress, like, I don't know, the, the reason that it just comes up is I just finally finished Planet Earth 2. And I'm angry that I didn't watch it before, finished it before we did Hyenas. Because oh. at the end, the last episode is Animals and Cities. And they have the hyenas in Ethiopia being fed by the locals. So you have to watch it. Anybody, if you've not seen Planet Earth 2, jump it to the top of your list. Not, not The Handmaid's Tale, which we're starting tonight, according to Ashley. Or some of these other shows you watch. Put wait, Planet wait, Earth wait, 2 wait, on back there. Back on the bus. What? What is <laughs> I? I don't... The Handmaid's Tale, yeah. the whole no. go women's movement. Oh God, we were talking about it last night. Like it's yeah, it's 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 a good dystopian uh, show that's out there. All right, so. I'll put it on my the list. Season two I, uh, is out. Yeah, I'm yeah. Uh, struggling if I'm lucky with one episode a week. Yeah, a week of Stranger Things too, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So I know there's so many. No, you know. But anyways, mm-hmm. but they were. I was I, I was going to say Planet Earth two. The last one is Cities. Sure. Oh my God, Singapore. We got to highlight Singapore in a future episode, what they're doing there, greening the city. We need like, to go you know, there. That's what build- we need to do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But building these, these apartment buildings with trees and every- it's incredible. But the, and the hyena one was really awesome because it, the, you know, the hyenas going into the city, they go to the meat market and the guy brings out the bones and throws them the bones and they're, they're habituated to that every night. So finding solutions though, right? Sure. So in Brazil, with the golden line tamarind, they're finding ways to cohabitate or co, you know, cohabitate together because, you know, the wild is gone or is, is, is pretty much all right. gone. I think that, Most of it's right. gone. It's, it's too naive to say like, Oh, you yeah. know, you can't use these resources or whatever it is. That's, mm-hmm. that's probably not the best way to win the war on wildlife. Um, you know, I think it has to be working together and making like, solutions mm-hmm. that benefit not only the animals, but the people too. And, but it got me thinking, I was like, Oh, this is so awesome for the gold lion tamarind. They're my little buddies uh, go way back. They helped inspire me to be where I am today. Yeah. But yeah. I yeah, was, that's yeah. Good. And so, but I, but then, you know, the scientist in me, mm-hmm. I was, I started thinking, okay, well, do these, do these, I'm sure these corridors help. And, and I mean, they're better than nothing, but I wanted right. statistics like, okay, how, how, you know, how much, how have they worked in the past? Um, mm-hmm. I didn't have time mm-hmm. to dive in it too much, but I just started looking here locally in Florida and at, I was looking more in, in wildlife crossings because mm-hmm. so much of Florida, you know, that's not the Everglades is inhabited by people. And we do have a right. lot of cool wildlife here. And so I just asked the question, do wildlife crossings actually save animal lives. Help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so interestingly enough, I found some information that just in Florida, so every state probably has their own statistics they could look up, but here in Florida, there's mm-hmm. over 60 wildlife crossings or bridges that can either mm-hmm. go over or tunnels and go under um, busy mm-hmm. areas to link to forest part- 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 partitions together. Mm-hmm. And um, they... For Florida, they were more aimed to stop panthers um, from being hit, struck by cars. That was probably the, the mm-hmm. species they were being they were targeting. But with this being done, panther deaths uh, by vehicle 
collisions or car accidents have been mm-hmm. extremely reduced in areas where okay. there's crossings or fencings to basically, they work kind of cool. They almost, they put fences up to funnel the animals. Cause I'm like, well, how the heck mm-hmm. is the animal mm-hmm. going to know to go under the bridge or over the bridge this way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah. They put up, high fences as barricades to basically funnel them into the chute. And they, uh, there's cool pictures of black bear in Florida going under these, in the, in these tunnels oh, to yeah. cross under a highway or whatever. And so I do think, yeah, it's, it seems like they definitely work. And so it'll be really interesting for the gold line Tamron to see if with these wildlife corridors, if now some, yeah, they can spread some genetics, if the population increases, right. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, it'd be cool if behavior study. There you go. There's another one. Anybody want to fund uh, Angie's trip oh, to Brazil? Yeah, <laughs> I would love to do behavior again on goldmine tamarins because yeah. I was just starting, so I remember being so nervous. Like, oh my gosh, I, is that is that a grooming behavior? Yeah, is, yeah. is that a? <laughs> I'd be like, oh no, they're just pooping or <laughs> whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, no, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. It'd be cool to like set up little cameras and and see how many cross per yeah. day or you know, per month or whatever. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, before we get to some of the the, the feel good stories, especially rhinos, um, this story is a little bit sad and just again showing some of the pressure that some of these species are experiencing. And the headline on this one is Chinese giant salamanders being eaten into extinction. And the poaching basically in China is threatening the world's largest amphibian because it's a delicacy in this luxury food market. So the Chinese, I I looked it up a little bit. Chinese giant salamanders are nearly declared extinct. They're almost, they think they're extinct in the wild. They can't find them. It's the world's largest amphibian, 140 pounds or 64 kilograms. So they're just huge and they're being eaten because they're yummy, I guess, to, to some people. Well, it's, or so, it's probably a st- it might be cultural, uh, or it might be yeah. a sign of a status quo. Um, yeah. Or, or status like, Hey, I'm rich and I can exactly. afford this luxury yeah, meats. Yes. So, I yes. mean, and it's hard to say whether it tastes good or not. Cause obviously people, different people have different palates. It's yeah. just, yeah, it's true. It's true. It's just a shame in this day and age that. Regardless of either culture or delicacy or the money to buy it, whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, that that people would eat an animal to extinction. Like that just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and, drive it all the way. And yeah. the other thing, just and so of course, in my opinion, it doesn't really make sense from a moral or philanthropic point of view to do that to eat an animal to extinction. But I guess if you like to eat this animal, it doesn't make sense for you to eat it to extin- extinction because then you won't have any. Like it's kind of. That's yeah, kind of not yeah. good planning. Well, they're be- yeah, they're being poached or some farmers, they think, are keeping them and, you know, and it's like, you know, we go back to the vaquita porpoise and that that bladder of the tetaboa yes, fish, I think exactly. it is. Yeah, and so that's a delicacy in China and then what $20,000 per per swim bladder. So Yeah, I just yeah, I just want to get these people hooked on like heirloom tomatoes or something. <laughs> You know, like, yeah, come I know. on. <laughs> no, blueberries. blueberries. Michigan, Michigan blueberries. blueberries would be, yes. that, talk about a delicacy, all right? <laughs> Hard to get. Very rare. Only comes out like a few weeks. <laughs> One farm. One farm. Your farm. <laughs> a few weeks out of the year. Uh, yeah. No, that's just, geez. Yeah. I mean, I think people, yeah. you look a lot cooler eating, you know, gorgeous, healthy blueberries or heirloom tomatoes than yeah. you do eating an endangered animal. That's just goofy. Yeah, lately rose apples for me, so I've been eating lots of apples. Ah, yum. Yeah, yeah we eat an apple a day. So anyways, yeah, 
we do, you know, I mean, we want to bring the feel good stories, but we have to keep it real too, because there's a lot of these stories out yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, and I don't, just as one species may be being consumed to extinction, ridiculously so, mm-hmm. a really cool conservation product um, out of Florida is that uh, a saltwater brewery, which is a craft brewery in Delray Beach, Florida, is developing the plastic rings, you know, that cover a six-pack of beer mm-hmm. or a six-pack of Coke or whatever. They're mm-hmm. developing mm-hmm. rings uh, with a startup group called E6PR that mm-hmm. are made of wheat and barley and can easily dissolve or potentially even be eaten by, like, sea turtles. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. You know what, Inch? The, you know, when you and I started this a few months ago, we started talking about plastics and, oh, it's such a big problem. It's really picking up steam. Like in, in popular culture, it's just, I think it just, sure. just today it came out a few hours ago. Chile banned the use of single use plastics and, and banning plastic bags. So way to go, Chile. Love yeah. it. They grow great blueberries and I've been there yeah. and it's a beautiful country, big, long country. Uh, but yes, yes. I think Chris, I, it'll be interesting if we save these podcasts for like our children, but I feel like you, I think we're going to call the year of 2018 of people's, uh, wake up yeah, or yeah, yeah. movement to stop single use plastic or, yeah. or think of clever alternative ways. Like how long has, a sea life been tangled in these silly yeah. plastic six pack yeah. things. I mean, of course, I when I used them back in the day in college, yeah. I would I would still cut, cut them up yeah. and all you know all that. Uh, but still, people are saying like that. Like, let's just get rid of it. Let's yeah. think outside the box. And I I salute this uh, brewery. I'm gonna mm-hmm. have to check them out next time I'm in that area. And it's and this this uh, company that they're working yeah. with uh, because. They still need to test it, and it's not it's not commercially available yet. Yeah. But two thumbs up, like hopefully yeah. it will be. And that's you know th- thinking outside the box, putting wildlife uh, and the oceans first, and right. that just makes me really that makes me really happy after your salamander story. No, it does, it does, and people are you know people are waking up. So you know some of the other feel good stories that I had written down. That's good. Last week we talked about the vanilla bean wars in Madagascar. Mm-hmm. So. One of the stories I, I came across was actually um, not the war itself because that's a problem, but in Madagascar they're finding that lemurs are actually moving into these vanilla bean farms and doing great. They're actually doing awesome. really well. Yeah. So the lemurs, it, it, it cocoa plantations too. So it got me thinking, like the bats, how bats are beneficial. They think the lemurs are beneficial by eating insects. That could harm their plants. That there are no instances of the lemurs harming any of the plants or anything like that. And they're actually settling in. And so if you can find some way to have sustainable, you know, production and support wildlife at the same time, it's a win-win, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you're, and they're not eating the uh, vanilla or cocoa beans? No, not at all. Not at all. Not part of their diet. And, they don't hurt the farmers at all. Well, that is not a lemur I could relate to. I know. <laughs> that's, that's what it but says. I'm oh, very, yeah. Yeah. But I'm very happy to hear that they're not doing that because yeah. it reduces the conflict. And yeah. and I think it, uh, as I as correct me if I'm wrong, but when I was reading it, it said that a lot of these crops are being uh, grown with shade, so mm-hmm. shade-grown mm-hmm. crops, mm-hmm. Um, and which is a uh, 
a more um well it uh it's more of their natural environment right so you know well, yeah can, the shade grown yeah. yeah the shade grown is more uh it's more sustainable yeah. it's a more sustainable way to do this uh to grow these crops it it's a win for the crops it's a win for the wildlife and yay go Linus. yeah 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 that was, a, that was a good one that was a good one so you know they're doing okay and and it, it's good you know finding solutions and again that's what yeah you know for our listeners out there we're all doing our part, right? And that's what we want to do. Yes, yes. And well, yeah. and Chris, as I was prepping for the podcast and just thinking about conservation and what people are doing for animals and what success stories are out there mm-hmm. and, of course, um, stories that maybe aren't so successful. But I've always, in the back of my mind, ever since I've been old enough to talk about wildlife, I've always thought that anybody that has some kind of star power, I don't know if that's mm-hmm. the right word, mm-hmm. or celebrity, I guess would be a better mm-hmm. word. Yeah, yeah. Um, has popularity, right? People mm-hmm. like them, people listen to them, people follow them, especially now with social media. Mm-hmm. I've always been a big believer that, gosh darn it, these people should use it for good. Their power Yeah, their platform, good. yeah, yeah. Their, their platform. And, and of course, for me, uh, uh, that's always like, help the animals out. Right. And... And we're starting to see more and more um, stars or celebrities mm-hmm. emerge as uh, conservationists. And my my buddy, yeah. DiCaprio, my <laughs> conservation crush, he's always doing awesome things. Yeah, uh, I'll be talking him about about him and some of his awesome things he's doing in weeks to come. Don't mm-hmm. you guys don't you guys worry? <laughs> but I I wanted to I don't know if I'll be able to do it every week, but I wanted to try to focus on. Uh, people that are using their platform in a positive mm-hmm. way for animals, mm-hmm. because let's be honest, we all get a little Google-eyed when we see yeah. a certain star or we hear them. It's of course we probably follow some on Twitter or uh, maybe uh, in the news or well, Instagram I, and or something. Instagram. I'm following a few of our friends, and they've got like over a million followers. I'm like, okay, Holy well, crap. I. Well, yeah. so I guess if I can work on this segment, it'll be good for you because I am on a mission to keep finding uh, celebrities that do good for animals. So yeah, yeah. I'm extremely ecstatic to report this week that I think I have a new conservation okay. crush. Oh, actually, yeah. two, actually, actually, two of them. This is two people working together just for amazing <laughs> things. Uh, so just recently, uh, um, I think it was on May 23rd, so not that long yeah. ago. Uh, Ashton Kutcher, he's okay. a, a doll face. Uh, he surprised Ellen DeGeneres mm-hmm. with four million dollars. Four million dollars. I don't know how well, many that is in New Zealand. What do you guys have? Rands? What do you guys? No, you guys we're have? dollars. That oh, rands <laughs> South Africa, <laughs> and it's not the British pound. It's New Zealand okay, okay, Kiwi okay, dollars. Okay. That. Yeah, about okay. a thousand yeah. of them to every American one. That's how bad so we're doing right now. Four, four million American dollars would be how much New Zealand dollars? <laughs> we could buy the country for that. No, uh, there you, you could buy a couple for our sheep. TV listeners. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you could buy the, all the sheep for that, Angie. No, uh, yeah, we're like sixty uh, cents of ours to your dollar. Like, okay. yeah, you you can afford. Yeah, come visit. You'll you'll do so okay. a little over two million then, right? Is that what that is? Yeah, it's be? a lot of money. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Is that my yeah, math four million right? is probably like seven million Kiwi oh, dollars. My, I, I I went the other yeah. way. Sorry, my math. Yeah. It's late yeah. at night here. Yeah. Um maybe yeah. cut that part out. <laughs> <laughs> I just graduated. Never. I swear I can do percents. <laughs> Never. I anyways, that fun stuff anyways, yeah. anyways. Um but 
No, on a more seriously awesome note is, yeah, he donated $4 million to her wildlife um, foundation. So they are both my new star crushes because he donated to her his own money. And also, Ellen DeGeneres, I'm going to start stalking her. If you're out there listening, Mm -hmm. Ellen, get ready for it. Uh, As well as Ashton because I know she's been – I know she's a huge animal fan. My husband Mm -hmm. actually met her years ago in Chicago. Uh, She uh, was doing something with our zoo there. And and she wanted to go behind the scenes and he gave the tour. Uh, Awesome. Yeah, but he didn't put a plug yeah. in for me at that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we had know, just yeah, started yeah. dating. No, I was just kidding. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But no, he said she was really awesome. And um, of course, they didn't talk too much or whatever. But I know she's like been in love with animals. But just recently, uh, her partner, Portia DeRossi, mm-hmm. basically gifted Ellen with this wildlife fund that will, the goal is to permanently secure the future for wild gor- gorillas in R- Rwanda. By building oh, awesome. on successful conservation efforts, employing people living by the gorillas, um, and yeah, now they have an extra four million dollars. So yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, no, I mean it's and it's it's good because you know it's it, in and politics it, brought, it, brought, it and, brought her like it, they surprised her and it brought her like yeah to tears like genuine yeah. like. I mean, from the bottom of her heart. She, I heard she's really. She a basically genuine said, person, "Yeah, like, she." Yeah. That's what John had said when he met her. But, she, yeah. but yeah, she said if she wasn't doing this talk show, she she would be doing conservation work for gorillas. And now she gets yeah. to like live that dream on the side. Yeah, do it. And yeah. so yeah, but I was just like that, and we'll have to put the, maybe put the video on the show notes. But it's, it's super cute. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. And that's yeah, she's just, an amazing woman. You know, good yeah. people doing good things, and what a platform to do it on, right? Like probably. Right. Who knows how many watch watchers they have uh, of the show right. that are all suddenly were like, oh, 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 yeah. oh, gorillas of Rwanda, yeah. you know. So that it, it also served to educate people and excite them. So yeah, I'm yeah. And I mean, stoked. celebrities have incredible; they're incredibly influential. You know, whatever their politics, it, it, anytime they step into the realm and start helping with animal conservation, like what Leonardo's doing is, is amazing. Yeah, and it well, helps. watch out, Leonardo. And they make, Leonardo, you got some yeah. competition, buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you know, they, they, they make a lot of money, you know, selling movies and product endorsements, all that stuff. And so to turn around and give $4 million, that's, that's you know, Ashton Kutcher, that's a lot of money. 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 Yeah. Just to give as a gift, but he obviously believes in the cause too. So yeah. And the gift, you know, I believe the gift was like through an, also an app that he is part. Cre- yeah, yeah. Works on too. So, stuff, there, yeah. so I don't know. If, yeah. I'm not sure if it's directly out of his, but I mean, regardless it was near it's from good. something has, yeah, <laughs> yeah something he has to do yeah, yeah. to do with and yeah. i think it was just an amazing surprise and i just that's what yeah. the world needs more of like those are tears yeah, those yeah, tears yeah. of joys i want those every day yeah so here in new zealand it's the queen's birthday this weekend so we oh, have happy monday birthday, off queen. yeah so we'll be uh, celebrating that this weekend and it just made me think of the uh, prince william and kate Princess yeah. Kate, they're both very big rhino conservation, things like that. So awesome, you yeah. promised some of my heroes. Yeah. So they, they do a lot for wildlife and conservation. So what's the rhino story that you promised? Ah, uh, so exciting, Chris. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What's going on with um, rhinos? Well, there is a confirmation of a pregnancy of a Yay. white rhino in San Diego. Yes. Yes. Which, that's not super exciting news. The historic news is that 
It was through artificial insemination, which not easy. is not easy. I've done it in cows and horses. And it's just really exciting because the this is just big. And yeah. I know people are like, oh, it's not that big. It's done in humans. Yeah. It's done in, you know, you, you guys say you do it in horses. But yeah. for a wild animal, it is to be able to get the techniques down. It's it's not It's not like you just go ahead and do artificial insemination. Yeah. There's a lot of preparation and to actually timing it to know when mm-hmm. to put the um, the semen in there and the technique yeah. and how to do it. And all of this has to be done through training. So the animal will voluntarily accept these uh, procedures. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, yeah, it's just, a lot. well, and it's very exciting for San Diego that this uh, female white rhino, her name is Victoria. And she's a Southern mm-hmm. white rhino and that she's pregnant at their uh, safari park in Escondido, California is mm-hmm. because the San Diego Zoo researchers, which you and I will, we can discuss on maybe a different day or time, but mm-hmm. they're hopeful by learning, by getting her pregnant through these techniques and working with her and learning more about this process and if it can work or mm-hmm. not. Uh, researchers hope that someday she could ser- potentially serve as a surrogate mother mm-hmm. that could give birth to the almost extinct related northern white rhino. So, right, right. Uh, which population is basically down to the two females, the male we, yeah. uh, we've reported on. Sudan. Yeah, yeah. He, he passed away. So, and there's, I mean, it's a thousand, and they're not a thousand steps. They're many steps away from that. I mean, more like yeah. even 10 years out if they, if this, if they're even successful. Um, yeah. But yeah. that, that's maybe a different topic for a different day. But from my perspective, um, I've actually had the privilege recently uh, uh, mm-hmm. getting to ultrasound my first rhino. Right. So that was a big day for Angie. Proud moment. Yeah, Proud yeah, moment. yeah. I know. I sent you pictures. Yeah. I was pretty. Yeah. I was pretty cheesy yeah. with my little jumpsuit on. No, and I, my, my, I loved and it. And my hand up a rhino's bum. It was like the best day of my life. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some, I, some oh, people, man, some I, people like to go boating. Others like to ultrasound yeah. rhinos. <laughs> I want to ultrasound an elephant, but God, it's like so far up there. Uh, but yeah, it's great. It's big news it because it's mm-hmm. not only you know it's the female side, and you have to get her all synced up with hormones and make sure she's ovulating and all that stuff to time it right. But it's also the male side because that's what you know, like Danielle's doing with elephants. We can't preserve their semen, so it's great news that they were able to successfully preserve the male gametes. And then thaw them or however they did it and then inseminate the female and have a confirmed pregnancy. So that's big news yeah, for rhinos. It's huge. Big news. It's huge. I mean, yeah, it is still good. a little early, you know, it's still early on. Um, but yeah, yeah. they said that they ultrasound her the other day and they thought they saw like a digit and, and, uh, yeah, rhino carries, uh, rhino's pregnant for anywhere from 16 to 18 months of gestation. Of course, yeah, it's a long yeah time. she'll be yeah, monitored closely, but yeah, it just gives yeah. me hope, uh, for a lot of the other, Southern white rhinos, um, not even considering the northern yeah. white rhino aspect, but for the southern white rhinos, as far as being able yeah. to, like you said, from the male gamete side, being able to mm. ship uh, semen from yeah. state to state or overseas in order to diversify genetics, which is really crucial right. um, when populations are so low. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know, going back to the mammoth. When you start with one, you know, all the clones are going to have the same genetics, and so. Really, what you get concerned with is not only inbreeding, which leads to a lot of genetic abnormalities. Um, I'm looking at you. Uh, I'm not going to even say the state. <laughs> Somewhere near Florida, 
Yeah, they keep winning football games. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's inbreeding's bad and then disease resistance. Sure. Like you need yeah. a diverse set yeah, of so immune genes because one disease, you don't want it to wipe out the all of them. Right, right. right. So, well, and in, yeah. in um, white rhinos, too, living under human care in North America and, yeah. and Southern whites, that uh, sometimes individual females aren't reproducing very well. Uh, so this way, too, it can help uh, make sure that the, potentially help them if they are having problems with their cycle by learning more about right, how to right. sync them up and what exogenous hormones to use. So there's a lot of really, really good things to come from this. And I was tickled pink. And yeah, it was perfect timing considering like the story, the yeah. story broke like the day after I had, uh, I got to do my ultrasound, um, ultrasound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know that's what they're kind of doing with what you're working with. So we'll, we'll keep tabs on it. Yeah. yeah. So Angie, I found us my species of the week that we found and let's go back to China and I want to give some kudos to them because China is doing a lot there. You know, some of the stuff that that's coming out of China isn't the best, but they are fighting for wildlife. Like they're working on banning ivory. They're working on some yes, of this stuff. Absolutely. And they have really good scientists. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they're doing a good, good thing with science. So they have discovered 30 new species in the depths down at the Mariana oh, wow. Trench, the ocean depths. So they found this thing. I, this one was kind of a cool highlight. It's called a ratfish. Oh. So it's this fish that's blind and has these big ears. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just bizarre looking. Me on its so I'll post it. But- no, it's just, it was cool. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Uh, but again, it lives down near the, the sea vents, uh, sea mounts, these deep sea vents, which is really insane science biology. Like we think light produces life, which it helps. It, it does help produce life. But here you have the crushing depths of the ocean. No light reaches it and you just have life proliferating. So this is why they think on, on, you know, like the moons of, I think it's Titan is one of the moons. They think there may be like microbial life sure. on there. That'd be cool. That they use the, the heat as the okay. energy source. You know, that's what gives them life, right? The heat from these events. Anyways, you have this blind fish with big ears down there. They discovered it. 30 bunch of new species. Who knows what's down there in the, in the ocean? Like just crazy stuff. That's awesome. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Chris. I, I, um, I have a, I have a, I have a mammal I wanted to talk about, but I yeah. actually found an insect that's way more fun. Yeah. 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 yeah like the emoji yeah, bee we yeah. covered last I like week. To, uh, I like to have fun. So yes, there's been a new species discovered. Um, it's called the exploding ant. It's a type of exploding ant. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah. aptly, na- aptly <laughs> named Colopopus explodens. Uh, Oh, which geez. previously nicknamed yellow yeah. goo for its bright yellow gland secretions. And this new species is particularly prone to self-sacrifice when threatened by enemy arthropods oh, wow. or even researchers, <laughs> which is quite interesting. <laughs> uh, so yeah, yeah, they basically um, can rupture their body wall and uh, mm. which causes imminent death during the experience. And it releases a sticky, toxic liquid from their enlarged glands, and yeah. and the goal is to kill off uh. the enemy to and to hold them to hold them off, yeah. so uh, the other the other the yeah. other can come in and uh. and protect the colony. So yeah, that's funny. Ashley and I, when we talk about if I ever could go back and like, besides, I would probably just focus on conservation biology. I mean, I love reproductive biology, but I think I would 
more do ecology. But I said, if I ever study insects, it would be ants. Ants are Dude, so cool. Dude, yeah. They're so I mean, amazing. They, yeah, ants. I don't know. Ants are, yeah, ants, bees. Um, yeah, bees Xander's cool. really, really an ants right now because one of the yeah. superheroes is Ant-Man. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm learning a lot about ants, but I haven't I haven't shared this one with him, but I, I, I think uh, I might. Um, yeah, but- we can maybe, you know, we'll, we'll, we haven't covered insects yet. I don't know if you and I are comfortable. We'll see. But I love ants. Like, there's just so many cool species of ants. I, I, yeah, they're amazing. Well, Ashley, Anyways. Has, to, Ashley has to know somebody we could talk to that would know about ants. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's tons of great people. And ants are, yeah, they're amazing. You social insect. All right, Ange. Well, we, the listeners, thank you for, for sticking with us. We'll be back Tuesday with the new species. We have a big interview next week that we're releasing on Thursday. Oh my gosh. I'm yeah. so excited. I know. I know. That was a good one for Angie that Angie did. So we'll make that announcement on Tuesday's pod, uh, on our next species. And then we'll be back next Friday with this new segment and, uh, keep talking conservation. Thank you for listening.